And we continue with uh, this basic outline on Buddhism. And we've spoken about the concept of cause and effect and the concept of samsara. And now today we're moving on to suffering, understanding suffering. And this is also something very important to understand. Some people think that these Buddhists are so morbid, everything is suffering. <laughs> who, wants, who wants to get involved <laughs> in a school of thought that tells you that everything is suffering? While we enter into this part regarding suffering or understanding suffering, I think it's also very important to understand that the main reason for us practicing is really for the cessation of suffering, to overcome the suffering. But before we can overcome suffering, we really need to understand it well. And then when we understand it well, we can get to the root of suffering and then we can cut through the suffering and be free or be liberated. Maybe one of the best ways is to really understand the suffering from your own experience. Every one of us has experienced suffering, at times only a little, at times very extreme, um, unbearable suffering, sometimes suffering that maybe we really think we're never going to become, be able to come out of. And really, while it is happening, it can be very uncomfortable. But suffering really can also be something that really helps us. And how do I say that it helps us? is because when we're feeling uncomfortable, we're feeling unhappy, we feel like, like everything is going wrong, the whole world is against us, then we look for answers. And so sometimes the suffering leads us in a direction that we look to find how do I resolve the suffering. And this can be one of the driving forces which leads people towards investigating or being curious about Buddhism. And it can also give rise to stable renunciation, the, uh, the real wish or determined wish to be free from the suffering of samsara. And really within samsara, there's no place where we are actually free from the suffering. Maybe some for a while we have some respite, but then the suffering returns. As a result, Really, the way to be free from suffering is to attain liberation. And suffering is explained or categorized into three major categories. The one is suffering of suffering. The suffering of change is the second. And the third is the suffering of everything composite. Everyone is quite familiar with the suffering of suffering. This is something that all of us have experienced and we know we've experienced it. It can be in the form of physical suffering where we hurt our body, maybe we get burnt, maybe we bump ourselves badly when we feel ill. It can be the process of death, the process of birth. And I'm sure many of us have experienced all sorts of different kinds of aches and pains. This also includes the suffering, mental suffering or emotional suffering, all the anguish we experience. And I'm sure most of us are quite familiar with this at certain times as well. For instance, if somebody really makes us angry, we suffer because of the anger, or we're really deeply hurt 
by somebody or something that has happened. Maybe we've lost somebody that's really dear to us or they've decided to lose us and we didn't particularly want them to lose us. It could be pressures at work. It could be difficulties with your boss or with your employees. It could be problems in the family, with relatives, feeling dissatisfied because we haven't achieved our goals or because our goals have been thwarted by other people. It's all of these, all types of emotional sufferings that we may experience. And the second is the suffering of change. Because everything changes, and this is something that will be spoken about in depth a little bit later when we talk about renunciation, when we talk about the four points that turn the mind. But needless to say, change is always happening. Sometimes we don't see it, but it is. It is happening. It's happening. Our body is changing. Our mind is changing. Conditions are changing. Economic conditions, political conditions. Everything just generally is in a state of change. And because of this change, it brings about unhappiness or discontentment in people. And this is the suffering of change. Maybe an experience of change that everybody knows about is when the stock market changes. We think that the stock market is doing well, and then the stock market dips. And due to that change, we feel unhappy because all of that wealth that we were supposedly creating has now been diminished. And it also includes, well, this is, I suppose, from happiness to unhappiness, unless you're in a bear market instead of a bull market. And the suffering of change also includes happiness. What happens when we are happy is we're having a good time and we don't want it to end. So because we think or worry about it ending, it causes us suffering. Maybe another example of this is if we have a really nice place, and we are really worried about losing this place. So this nice place then becomes a source of suffering. And or we maybe need to move from this wonderful place to another place. And due to the move, we may also be unhappy. And the third is the suffering of everything composite. So what is everything composite? It's basically everything in this world. Everything in samsara is dependent, uh, uh, dependent on causes and conditions. Nothing is single or solid or permanent unto itself. For instance, we may look at a motor vehicle and it looks like one unit, but what we can do is we can break up the car into its respective components. It's made up of the engine and the engine is made up of a whole lot of different parts. Then there is the body of the car, and this is made up of a whole different number of parts. And then if we look at it even more, uh, in more detail, or more in finer detail, then we see that all of those parts can also be broken up into atoms, into molecules. And then this can even be further broken up. And so we can carry on. And from this, we see that actually a motor vehicle, although we label it, as one unit as a car, it is made up of a whole lot of com components. So we could say that it is composite. And this really pervades all of existence 
and because this pervades all of existence, there is an endless, endless stream of suffering because there is an endless process of change taking place all the time. And because of change, people experience suffering, or sentient beings experience suffering. Now, it's not the change that actually causes the suffering. What it is, is our mental grasping, our mental attitude to change, is that we cling to everything. We want it to stay permanent, but in reality, it's another natural law of this world is that everything is changing. And from this, then we see, as everything in samsara, samsara is composite and is experiencing change, then there is, or samsara is deemed to be suffering. And then a note on what is the standard of what is true dharma. One is, is that all compounded things are impermanent, this we've just spoken about that all emotions are suffering. And this it comes about because sentient beings attach to themselves, to the five aggregates, as a permanent self or an independent self. And due to this, they commit positive and negative deeds, which is due to their attachment and their aversion. This in turn creates karma of body, speech and mind, which then produces the illusion of the six realms. And these five, five aggregates are the basis of all our suffering, and it's where all our suffering is perceived. And the way that we perceive things with the five aggregates is permeated by or is influenced by our ignorance and our duality. And as a result, we say that emotions are suffering. And the third is that all phenomena are empty and lacking in an independent self. And this is evident when we look and see that everything is changing. Just as we mentioned with the first principle, everything is forming, is dwelling, is decaying. And this is a natural process of, thing, of how things happen. And everything is in samsara is composite. It's made up of different components or different parts. And this includes the five aggregates. Maybe we'll talk about this a little bit later, but a little insight is just as you progress on the path, there will be practices where you are asked with respect to your body, the physical form, where exactly am I? And you'll investigate your different body parts. And then also with respect to the five aggregates, where exactly is our mind? The problem is, is that, that where the suffering comes from is that sentient beings are so used to the incorrect view, they don't accept the truth. As a result, they cling onto this concept of a truly existing self and the wish that this world is eternal and it's unchanging world. And as a result, suffering happens. Because of our misunderstanding or our ignorance, we grasp onto a self-existing I, and then these five afflictions arise. We experience pride and jealousy and anger and attachment as a result of this ignorance, which then brings about all sorts of anxiety and grief and sadness and disappointment 
and worry, to name but a few of those emotions we experience. And so we become prisoners, prisoners of our own ignorance. Because of our attachment to this I, the self-grasping, we project perceptions or images or ideas onto people. And those people that do things that stop us from what we want to achieve or get in our way or create problems for us, we perceive as enemies. And those people that sort of accord with what we are thinking or that benefit us, we perceive to be our friends. Due to this dualistic thinking, we consider this as being favorable and unfavorable, good or bad. And these labels might change very quickly also. For instance, this is my friend, but a year later, something may have happened. You shared a few secrets and somebody told somebody else what you said. And then suddenly this friend is now an enemy or somebody we don't want to meet or see anymore. Or sometimes an enemy, somebody that you disliked. When you get to know them, suddenly they become very nice people. And so we see all of these labels are always changing. Due to the self-grasping, we label somebody as saying, this person is against me. They're stopping me from doing what I want to do. Sometimes this happens. We only think about what's happening right now. In the current moment, this person is not making me happy. Maybe we perceive them as an enemy. Sometimes we forget how many times or for how many years, maybe for one year, for two years, for five years, for ten years, they've been by your side, helping you, benefiting you. All we think about is, is what's happening now. And because then we are caught up in our own ignorance, we imprison ourselves. And this causes us to continuously dwell in the ocean of suffering, the ocean of samsara. And the drive of our karmic seeds or the energy of our karmic seeds propels us from one life to the next life in the cycle of samsara, within the six realms. As a result of all the karma we've committed, we don't have any control and we've just pushed this way and that way by all the karmic results of all the karma we created or committed in the past. Maybe like somebody who gets caught up in a very strong river and they can't swim and they have no ability to fight against the current. They just push this way and that way by the current of the river. Sometimes we may experience very, very difficult times and really be aware of the suffering of samsara. And sometimes uh, we could be in a very good place and then we're not really so aware that we are suffering or carrying this burden in samsara. But we're still not free. We still are cycling in, in samsara, in the cyclical existence of samsara. So this is maybe like, we maybe have a little small little wooden cage and it's very limited and we're not very happy in there. And then somebody gives us a really huge, 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 huge cage. And it's made out of gold and it's really pretty might be very big, but the reality is, is that we're still not free. We still are in a cage. Through the explanation of 
suffering. Hopefully we really get to understand suffering. And through this real in-depth understanding of suffering, then we may feel this renunciation towards the suffering and want to be free from it, to be liberated from it, to be liberated from cycling in these six realms. And when we experiencing suffering, we're generally more inclined to have renunciation. When we perceive things are going well, maybe we're experiencing great success at work, we're in an incredibly wonderful relationship, a lot of friends around, really enjoying ourselves, then we may really not have any distaste or feeling of renunciation towards the suffering. What are you talking about? <laughs> Things are going pretty well. I'm pretty okay. I don't think there's so much suffering. Life is good. And then we have no interest in pursuing liberation. What we forget, though, is that uh, there is still suffering of change, and it's not guaranteed that life will always be good like this. And even if it is, at some stage we're going to die and we're going to have to face death. Hopefully we will have to face old age, although it will bring its sufferings. And do we know what the next life is going to bring? What sort of causes have we left in our imp or imprinted into our mind stream, which will affect us in our later lives? And on that note, let's dedicate the merits. By this good may all obtain omniscience, having defeated the enemies of wrongdoings and the turbulent waves of birth, old age, sickness and death, may all beings be liberated from the ocean of the suffering of samsara. Sonam daye tamja zabanya, tobnye nyepe tranan kajeja, keka nachir balang krupai, tsipi tsoli, Draw, draw, show.